Hey, podcast besties. Welcome back to the show dedicated to making your podcast the best it can be. I'm Courtney Kosak, your BFF and helping you grow and monetize your show. Last episode, we heard from the brilliant Lauren Passell, the founder of Tink Media, a podcast marketing company that absolutely crushes it. And today, we have another member of the Tink team all the way from India. Hi, everyone. My name is Akshi Sinha. I'm from India. I work at Tink. And at Tink, I am a podcast marketing specialist. Specialist is a weird term, but I do like all things related to podcast marketing and also helping like helping people discover shows. That's another thing that we're trying to do more of at Tink. Like if a friend will ask me for like a music recommendation or like a podcast recommendation, I will make them a curated playlists. And recently I've been thinking about this a lot. Like I love making playlists and I will like make sure each leads to the other super nicely. I'll recommend like how to put the crossfade in if it's like a music playlist. Um, so yeah, follow me on Spotify, I guess. I just, <laughs> I, I love making playlists. <laughs> uh, did I ask Akshi to make us a podcast bestie playlist? Yes, of course I did. And I'm going to share that with you in the next newsletter. In the meantime, she's got some podcast marketing tips that she's going to share with us today. But first, let's learn how she got started. So let's get basically your podcasting origin story first. What are the Cliff's notes of what you were doing before and then how you got started? Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from college in 2021. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so like pretty new to working in general. (laughs) And I fell in love with podcasts through this podcast called The Shadows. Oh, yeah. Caitlin Priest? Yes. So I listened to that and I was like, this medium is beautiful. And even though I was a history major, I was like, my capstone is going to be a podcast. I'm going to try this out. And I think it kind of just spiraled from there. After I graduated, I was so like, I was like, I don't care about the role. I just want to be part of this community. And that's how I bumped into Ariel and one of the listservs and then found Lauren through her. And it kind of like one relationship led to another. And so now I'm working at Tink and it's been one year since I've been working at Tink. Okay. So what's basically been your biggest, I mean, Tink is like amazing at podcast marketing. So what's been your biggest kind of podcast marketing lesson or takeaway so far from working at Tink? I think specifically from working at Tink, it's that marketing is fun and that (laughs) it's going to be sustainable and you're going to be able to do it in the long term if you're having fun doing it. So I think that's something we do as like a company and it's something we really try to like encourage with our clients as well. Like what would make you super excited to do this? I think that gets lost a lot because, you know, usually especially indie podcasters are so concerned about the craft of making it itself that then, you know, it's like, oh my God, we're going to spend another that much time promoting it. Like it just seems exhausting when you get to that point, but you're right. Like it can be fun and it can be creative and it can be this really cool collaborative process. So you and I actually did a promo swap. You reached out to me and arranged a promo swap through Tink. So explain kind of what you do at Tink, like that and other things. 
Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things, one of the many things I do is set up these promo swaps. But promo swaps is like one of the things we set up. So we set up like lots of different types of collaborations. And even a promo swap doesn't need to be a simple 30 second. Mm -hmm. It could be like you're reading a warning on another show or you're reading like the credits at the end. So we try to like brainstorm what those could look like. So sometimes it gets into content a little bit, but then there's guest swaps, like Uh guests on each other's shows or you pitch to podcast newsletters like yours. (laughs) Um, And yeah. Basically, get the word out there in the podcast community. Uh, yeah. So, what's your best advice from everything you've learned for indie podcasters in specific trying to grow their shows? I think um, sometimes, especially when you're thinking about numbers, you really prioritize, want to prioritize collaborations with bigger shows mm-hmm. that have bigger numbers. But I think with indie podcasters, especially, small niche communities work much better in the long term. So even if you're working with an average size or small show, but it's a really good overlap, you know their audience is going to love your show. It's way more worth it to do five of those than like Mm -hmm. one giant show. But of course you can do both and mix it up, but I think both are super important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of like, developing a relationship with another show where, you know, maybe you're collaborating quarterly or something and then you can kind of like stay top of mind for that show's listeners and vice versa. Yeah. And makes the process super easy too once you've already done it. This is so spot on besties. So let me just rewind and say, I taught a workshop a couple weeks ago and I did one-on-ones with some of my students. And basically all of them were frustrated by their growth. They were about a year or so into their podcasting journey. They were eager to monetize. And my best advice to them was first of all, just a piece of perspective. Podcasting is not a get rich quick scheme. It is a media company that you're trying to build, and that is very hard, especially bootstrapping. So it is a slow grind. And for me, it has paid off tremendously in tangible and intangible ways that continue to influence my career. And today I make all of my money from writing and podcasting as well as teaching about those things. But I have been at this for a decade. And granted, the industry was a lot less developed when I first started out, but it took me about five years to really start making any sort of livable income from podcasting. And I was actually professionally producing then. So most of that income didn't come from my indie show at that time. So I first of all just wanted to offer that perspective that like you're not failing if you haven't achieved what you thought was success when you first started after a year. That is part of the process. That first year is really about making your content good, right? And learning how to do that. And then you can graduate into really growing and monetizing after you have a handle on how to make something that's engaging for people to listen to. That is the first step. And that is an ongoing process as well. But then you can start to get into the growth and the monetization. Anyway, before I got into my nitty gritty show specific tips for these podcasters, I told them two things that I want to share with you today. First of all, the best way to grow organically is recurring collaborations. This is so important and actually kind of touched on this just a minute ago, but 
Setting up the collaborations is just such a pain in the ass, to be frank. (laughs) It stinks. It's a lot of work. It's emailing. Eventually, these become real relationships, and then it's fun, right? But at first, it feels like you're pitching people, and that can be hard. But growing these into recurring collaborations, say you do one, it goes pretty well, you think there's more opportunity with this show. I think there is too, because first of all, you're both going to have some churn in your listenership. So there are new ears to be had on both sides, most likely. Every month, every episode, it is not exactly the same people who are listening to your show. Even if your numbers are pretty much the same, you are reaching some new people each time you are losing some people. And so on both sides, if you collaborate once and then you revisit that in two or four or six months, you are going to be reaching a slightly different audience, maybe quite a bit of a different audience, depending on how the shows have grown. And so this is a great way to reach new people. I would start with maybe a promo swap. It's pretty low risk. It's pretty low lift. You can just swap scripts. You can each do a read and then you can kind of get a gauge on how that works. And maybe if it's, you know, not the biggest show, you're not going to see a huge bump, but maybe the process of working with them was pleasant and easy, right? That to me is a good candidate to revisit and do another collaboration with. I would actually go promo swap and then guest swap. So you each go on each other's podcast or maybe you record one episode and play it on each other's podcast and then do a feed swap. And in the feed swap, you are going to call back to that previous episode that they guested on. So when you do the feed swap, you're not just promoting their show, which is hopefully their best piece of content, either their most popular, the thing they're proudest of, the thing you love the most, this is all up for negotiation. But in that feed swap, in your intro and or outro, you can also throw back to that episode that they guested on and promote that as well. So you're not just promoting their show, you're also promoting your show on the feed swap double duty, baby. And then you can follow that up with another promo swap. And again, you're always shouting back to these previous pieces of content that are already existing on your feed. So you're getting this kind of recurring benefit and your audiences are getting more and more familiar with the other show. There is a principle of marketing called the rule of seven, where basically customers need to see your brand at least seven times before they commit to a purchase decision. And we can apply that to podcasting, right? If you're advertising your show, probably other listeners are going to need to hear about it multiple times before they click and press play and listen to your show. And these recurring collaborations help with that because each time you do something, there are some listeners that have been there from the beginning that are becoming more and more familiar with their show. They're going to want to click over. I know this from my own experience. I'm like that. I'll hear about something. I'll be like, oh yeah, that's that person from this. Oh, they did an episode about this. And finally, on like the fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh time that I hear about them, I am willing to give it a listen. And then I could potentially become a regular listener. So 
Again, I just really want to emphasize with you, the best way to grow organically, aka for free, is these recurring collaborations. So take a tip from Lauren in the last episode and make podcast friends. It means you don't have to send another pitch email to someone cold. Yes, you can start another relationship in that way, but this relationship is already warm. You already have some built-in trust. You've worked together. You know the deal with them. You kind of know what you're getting into. So that, I hope, is my biggest takeaway for you in this episode. Get started on some recurring collaborations. Make real friends in your niche or another show that is tonally similar to you. If you feel like your audiences would love each other and you like working with that person, that is a great candidate for an ongoing collaboration and it costs you nothing and it saves you time. And then my second big piece of advice for these podcasters, which you know may not be the most popular opinion, but you're probably going to have to invest some money in your show to grow it before you're really able to monetize it in a meaningful way. Yes, those collaborations really, really work. And if you hustle those, you could, you know, work your way up that way. But probably you're going to have to spend some money. I spent some money growing my newsletter audience for this podcast. You know, when I first started Podcast Bestie and still today, I spend money promoting Podcast Bestie. And not only that, but I partnered with Mopod Boost as our season one sponsor, and that has helped me knock my goals out of the park and further monetize the show. So I'm really excited to share with you that as of the recording for this episode, this is episode number seven. So even before this episode was published, Podcast Bestie has already reached over 21,000 downloads. That is incredible. I've already doubled my season one goal. And I also use Mopod on my other shows too. So there are lots of avenues for paid promotion for your show. Mopod is one of my faves. Mopod is an effective, targeted way to promote your show. It's already trusted by industry giants like Condé Nast, iHeartMedia, and the HubSpot Podcast Network. And that's because it works. But Mopod isn't just for the big guys. Mopod Boost is perfect for indie podcasters like us. If you are a paid subscriber to Podcast Bestie, you already know it's been my favorite advertising experiment to date. And you can try it for just $100. Plus, if you're a bestie, you get 10% off with the link in the description. Here's the deal. We all work hard on our podcast. We invest a lot of time and it's worth it to invest a little bit of money to help your audience find you. Wondery would literally never launch a show without throwing a little oomph behind it, right? I know most of us are bootstrapping here, but sometimes you got to throw down to reach those ideal listeners and give yourself a little boost. So try Mopod Boost for yourself and let me know what you think. Now back to my conversation with Akshi. Okay, so I want you to audit me. I have three shows. Mm. You know Private Parts Unknown. I have another podcast called The Bleeders. It's uh, basically about book writing and publishing. And then Podcast Bestie, which you're on right now. (laughs) So you can choose any part of the apparatus to audit or all, whatever you want. But from your expert opinion, what could I be doing better or should I do? Hmm. 
Okay. So the one that I'm most familiar with is Podcast Bestie. Because mm-hmm. as I was getting into the industry, it was like my go-to place. And like Aww. for me to be able to share it with like other people who were also new to the industry. Um, and I think you already do a lot of like resources, like collecting a lot of resources, like beyond just job opportunities. And I think sometimes like sharing like a list of other newsletters in the same space, maybe like something more of that. You already have a bunch of collaborations with different newsletters, but there are always new ones popping up. Yeah, I should do a big roundup. Yeah, like a roundup of sorts. Yes, that's a really good idea. Team. That's not (laughs) what I was thinking, but that's great. (laughs) No, that wasn't what you were thinking? Explain. No, I was I was thinking of like recommending, but like categories, but a roundup is like a bigger version of that. That sounds great. Like doing a monthly, yearly. Friendly newsletters of Podcast Bestie. Yeah, like a big shout out. Yeah, I like that. So explain the categories though. Maybe I should do what you're saying. Yeah, you could do with like the best friend themes to be like, this is the, this friend group. This is the cool moms of uh, podcast besties or like if we're going to the party this is what like I'm hanging out with these people so you're saying spotlight kind of one at a time yeah 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 okay I love that cool good tip I love this tip, and I am definitely going to do a big podcast newsletter roundup soon. But today, I want to turn you on to a podcast newsletter that I adore specifically for my femme besties. It's by Alexandra Cole, and it's called Podcasting by the Moon. And not only is Alexandra a great podcast marketer herself, but she is a wonderful advocate for women in podcasting. So to all the women podcasters listening, make sure to submit your news to Podcasting by the Moon. I have been featured and you can submit and subscribe for free. You're going to join over a thousand readers keeping up with women in podcasting news and recommendations each full moon. That is so fun. And it's a great way to be featured. So I highly recommend you subscribe to Podcasting by the Moon. There is a link in the description for that. And I'm also obsessed with Sky Pillsbury's The Squeeze, which notable podcast strategist Eric Newsom describes as an utterly fantastic addition to the journalism looking at podcasting. Uh, I second that. And seriously, Sky does such a fabulous job reporting on the industry for this newsletter. So you are not going to want to miss a single issue. You can also find the link for that in the episode description. And I don't just have newsletter recommendations for you, okay? there are a couple podcasts I think you should check out too. So if you're listening, you probably wear a lot of hats in your career and there's a good chance you identify as a multi-hyphenate or a multi-passionate. I definitely do. But guess what? Having many passions doesn't have to be overwhelming. What? (laughs) No, it's true. Join Multi-Passionate Mastery for actionable tips on how to prioritize, focus, and succeed as a multi-passionate creative. Find Multi-Passionate Mastery on your favorite podcast app. And another excellent show recommendation for you is That Wasn't In My Textbook podcast, which helps us uncover the things we always wished we learned from those boring, bulky textbooks, right? From the history of taxes to cannabis, it's the history you always wanted to know. It's hosted by LaToya Coleman, aka Toya from Harlem, aka the Anthony Bourdain of history. 
Listen, if you are a history buff or you just want to sound smarter at parties, you are definitely going to want to check out the That Wasn't In My Textbook podcast. Okay, now back to the show. Okay, so I'm sure you listen to a ton of shows. So bring me up to speed. What are your favorite recent shows or what are you just listening to or loving in general these days? Okay, so the one that I really listen to when I'm having a really bad day is called Make Your Damn Bed Podcast. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like, it's this comedian, I think, and she does like these five minutes, seven minutes. They're very like self-help and encouraging, like affirmation type, like five minute things. And I love it. I love it. So I listen to those in the morning sometimes. I've been a forever fan of Modern Love and The Heart. So those are always, any new episodes, I'm right there. And I think the last one is the Chosen Family podcast. It's like these queer YouTubers and content creators that I followed before, but they like created this podcast where they like chat as if they're like on the dinner table and it's like your chosen queer family and they just like chat about stuff and it's the cutest thing. Yeah. So that's another one. Oh, that's really sweet. Did you ever listen to, this is kind of in the heart shadows family, but did you ever listen to appearances? Yes. Gorgeous. Such Such a a good good show. show. I know. God. I... (laughs) So one day when I have enough time, I'm going to like commit to just doing a wacky, cool narrative show like that. That's like goals. Okay. So is there anything else you would like to share with the besties before we wrap? Um, I love the idea of an audit and I feel like doing like a success, what success means to you audit Mm -hmm. as like a podcaster is something... Yeah, I would just like encourage people to do that more often. I think I saw this post, like Ariel posted it today or yesterday, of like three reasons why you're making a podcast that doesn't have to do with numbers or downloads. And I think just reminding each other and yourself of that is like a great, great thing to think about. Thank you, Akshi, for giving us such great podcast marketing inspiration today. Besties, you have your marching orders. You are supposed to get those recurring collaborations going, okay? And thank you for tuning in to Podcast Bestie Bestie. Make sure you check out the latest episode with Lauren Passell about how to get featured on Apple Podcasts. That is such a coveted placement, and she broke it down in the last episode, so that's super helpful. And speaking of Apple Podcasts, I am thrilled that Podcast Best already has 33 ratings on Apple Podcasts, and I actually just got a new review, so I'm going to read that for you. Such a great resource. Five stars. Podcast Bestie is such a great resource for aspiring podcasters. I just started podcasting in the past year, and it's been great to learn from someone who actually knows how this stuff works. Ah, thank you. This is from Raphael Titsworth Morin, which is a hell of a name. I love it. And the name of the podcast is The Small Tech Podcast by EC, and that is where they talk about building small web and mobile apps. So if you are interested in automation or development or AI tools or product management for small web or mobile apps, this is the podcast for you. And if you want to leave me a five-star rating and review and email it to me, I will give you a free shout out on Podcast Bestie. And there is another great way to get featured on the show. You can buy a sponsorship. They are a steal right now. You just go to podcastbestie.com slash advertise. And I have super affordable packages starting at just $30. Again, that is podcastbestie.com slash advertise. And check out my other podcast, 
podcast, I have Private Parts Unknown, which is about love and sexuality around the world, and The Bleeders, about book writing and publishing for more of my audio creations. And you can follow me in between episodes at Courtney Kosak. That is K-O-C-A-K on Instagram and Twitter. And I send out lots of newsletter exclusives to my besties, including an upcoming playlist from Akshi. So of course, make sure you're signed up for Podcast Bestie on Substack. That's podcastbestie.substack.com slash welcome. Until next time, happy podcasting. Bye, bestie.